Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you've ordained. Thank you tonight for your word. Thank you tonight that there's no hindrance, there's no obstacle that's stopping us from receiving. I rebuke any spirit, I rebuke any opposition that would even be in this atmosphere that would try to stop the delivery of the word. Why? Because when the word goes forth, then watch this transformation is going to come forth. When the word goes forth then watch this things are going to change the word is sharp it's alive and it's sharper than a dual edged sword so we say lord have your way i need everybody in this building everybody watching me say lord have your way in me tonight in jesus name so guys we are in week four of this series called weapons of our warfare and we've learned watch this we're in winning season Yep, 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 I can see that. Okay, watch this. I'm going to say that again. So guys, we're in week four of this series called Weapons of Our Warfare, and we started this series declaring, watch this, that the past season of life was over. I need you to realize, watch this, some of you, the reason why it's so breezy in your life is because you have too many open doors. There are certain things you need to shut the doggone door on so that, watch this, that last season can be over. There's some things I need you to put a period on so that last season can be over. And watch this, whatever your last season was, I need you to know that's over. Somebody say, that's over. The season of life that you and I have now entered to, if you connected to me, you don't have a choice but to go with me. And that's called winning season. I need you to put that in the atmosphere, say, I'm in winning season. Winning in your family, winning in your finances, winning in your business, winning with your kids, winning with... Y'all not saying nothing to me. And here's what some of you need to know. The reason the warfare has been so intense lately is because, watch this, when you announced the new season you were in, the enemy heard you too. And when he heard you, he said, let me throw everything I can throw at you to try to stop you and block you. But I dare you to just touch somebody next to you and say, but it ain't going to work. Wrong neighbor, try you another one. Tell them, say, it ain't gonna work. 
Why? Because I already said what I want to see. And the moment I said it, God's going to manifest it for me. Call those things that be not as though they were. Shout, I'm in winning season. So like Jesus told Judas, do what you got to do. And I tell you what, partner, hurry up and get it done quickly because you are in the way of my whim. And some of y'all need to stop letting people stress you out. Stop letting people wear you out. And you need to say, get the hell up out the way because I am in winning. I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. And some of y'all need to tell trashy people and trashy friends and trashy family members, you got to get to stepping because I am in winning season. So watch. But to win, you got to fight the war. So know that when we say I'm in winning season, what you're saying is whatever warfare I face, I intend to take down. If you're crazy enough to step to me, you better be crazy enough to get knocked down by me. I came to wake up the gladiator on the inside of somebody in here. I need you not to back down because the bill came. I need you not to get scared because there's issues in your family. I need you not to get scared because there's issues with your children. I need you to look at it head on and say, I came to take your head off. So to win, you're going to have to fight the war. And to win the war, you need some weapons. That's what this series is about. So in winning season, what we're saying is, whatever warfare I face, I intend to win. Say, I intend to win. And I need you to say it. Watch this. I need you to say it so that every fiber of your being, especially when you start getting scared driving down the street, I mean, fear starts creeping in because you start thinking about what you got to do tomorrow. I need you to say it so that you know how to respond to every obstacle. Say, I am in winning season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the season of life you're in. Are you here? So this series has been designed to give us some weapons because to win the war, we're going to need some weapons. Our weapons are what? Spiritual first. We fight spiritually so we know what to do naturally. I need you not to reverse it. I need you not to get natural first, then try to get spiritual. Listen to me. This is not the time to act, then pray. <laughs> this is the time to pray, then act. Many of us, watch this, you have learned because your whole life you've dealt with obstacles and challenges. And guess what? So has everybody else on your road. What happens is, though, is you become used to acting first, then praying. You do first, then you ask God what he thinks about it. And watch this. And that's why you keep getting the results you're getting. And I need you to know, if you get losses in this season, it's because you reverse the order. If you pray first and you get spiritual first, you're going to know what to do naturally. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, which means they're not natural. So, we fight spiritually, say, first. But don't get stuck there, because if you grew up in church, all you learn how to do is be spiritual. You never learn how to turn your spirituality into practicality. So watch this. All you did was pray all night, but then you didn't go do nothing. All you did was worship, then you didn't go work. Y'all not talking to me. All you did was spiritual stuff, and you never turned spiritual stuff into natural stuff. So understand the process. As I get spiritual first, I use my spiritual weapons first, and then it teaches me what to do naturally. There are certain things I'm not going to have to deal with with the level of intensity I anticipated in the natural because, watch this, my spiritual fight took it down to size. Shut up. 
Can I preach like I want to preach, please? David, watch this. We often look at David and Goliath, and we say David did some amazing things with Goliath, right? Uh, here is Goliath, this huge giant, and David, watch this. He's this shepherd boy. Here, uh, here it is. Goliath has been a man of war since his youth, and David is a youth. And what's amazing is that he tried to put, when he's fighting King, uh, Goliath, he puts King Saul's armor on, and the Bible says it doesn't fit. And so a preacher will preach that and say, you got to do you, and that's not even Bible. That's why we got so many messed up Christians, because they're trying to do you. And the more you try to do you the more God has to undo you what if who you were was only good enough to get you what you had which means you're gonna have to evolve into a better version of you in order to accomplish more I need you not to be married to who you were I need you not to be married to how you used to do life. I need you not to be married to how you used to act. I need you not to be married to the friends you used to have. I need you not to be married, watch this, to the work you used to do. Maybe the work you used to do was only good enough to get you to where it got you, but now God says I need to shift you into something greater because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And maybe you've been putting yourself on a different playing field than the one I want you on. The Bible says that King David took the armor off. Go there for me, please, in 1 Samuel. The Bible says that he cooked the armor off. And when he took the armor off, watch me, Wednesday. The Bible says he grabs his staff. Touch your neighbor he grabbed his staff. What's interesting about the text when it says that he grabbed his staff is that that term there in Hebrew means he began to divine. Stay with me. What David did when he grabbed his staff is David started to divine is a form of prophecy. Look at me. So David was not just a shepherd boy. David was not just a worshiper. David was a prophet. So watch this. He says, I haven't tested him, so he put him off. Go to the next verse for me. No, next verse. Then he took his staff in his hand. Look at me. When it says he took his staff in his hand, in Hebrew it means he began to divine. Say to divine. divine. To divine means David tapped into the spirit to get a plan on how to take Goliath down in the natural. Let me say it another way. David fought spiritually first. So in David's mind, while he's looking at Goliath, he says, I've already handled you in the spirit. So it really don't matter what I grab to throw at you because I already took you down in the realm of the spirit. Which means since I handled you first in the spirit, you ain't going to be no obstacle for me in the natural. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. If you learn how to use your spiritual weapons, your spiritual weapons will take some things down to size in the natural. You still didn't get it because you'd be shouting better. Let me work the point. And this is coming out of your time, not mine. He had on armor. Look at me. Armor makes sense naturally. Clapping back on Facebook makes sense naturally. Getting an attitude made sense naturally. Snap, crackling, and popping made sense naturally. I wish I had some honest people in church on Wednesday. You, you hear me? That made sense naturally. But he takes the armor off. Somebody say he took it off. And when he takes the armor off, the Bible says he grabs, watch this, he, get, he grabs, uh, take me back to the verse, please. He took his staff in his hand. Say so he divined. So what David's doing is David takes the fight. Look at me, please. He takes the fight to another realm. 
He says, Goliath, all you see is that you're bigger than me. True. You got more experience than me. True. But what you don't know how to do is fight spiritually like me. <laughs> mm. Look at your neighbor and say, I bet you can't do it like me. He says, he says, listen, you know how to throw swords and spears. He says, and that's how you came at me. He says, but watch this. He takes his staff. He begins to divine. He gets prophetic. He goes in the spirit. Really what David does there, if I had time to teach the text the way I wanted to teach this particular text, what David does is if you keep reading, you'll see where uh, uh, Goliath gets up. What's this? Matter of fact, can I just teach the text? Let me just see this. He took his staff in his hand and chose five sous So he got spiritual. Then when he got spiritual, God gives him a crazy natural instruction. Go get five stones. Now, the place they're in is a valley. Leave the verse up. The place they're in is a valley. At the, uh, at the middle of that valley, there's this little brook. So he goes and grabs five smooth stones that are at the base of this valley, in the center of this valley. Because when he got spiritual, God was like, you ain't going to need all that. When he got spiritual, God was like, you ain't going to need to pay that lawyer that much. Y'all are messing with me and I don't like it. When he got spiritual, when he got spiritual, God was like, you ain't even going to have to talk to her. When he got spiritual, he said, don't even worry about what they said. I'm about to take them out. Y'all not saying nothing. Judge your neighbor say, get spiritual first. When he gets spiritual, God gives him a, come on, Holy Ghost. God gives him a crazy natural instruction. Moses, lift up your hands and I'm going to spread the water. When you get spiritual, often God's going to give you a crazy natural instruction. When you get spiritual, this is when the Lord starts saying stuff like, empty out your account and so on. You'll be like, that don't make no sense. If I need money, why would I give it up? Because God says, I need you to realize that, watch this, when you got spiritual, I was going to give you some different natural instructions that was going to make, watch this, it wasn't going to make no sense, but it's going to make perfect faith. So he gets five smooth stones. Why five? Five is grace. Five also is a Hebrew is the Torah, first five books of the Bible, which means he used the word. Say he used the word. Stop. He got spiritual. Then God said, listen. He said, listen, I need you to put the word on that. I need you to stop talking about what you're going to do and who ain't going to do you like this. And I need you to shut your mouth and go to the word. Would you touch your neighbor and say, please go to the word. Get him from the brook. And put him in the shepherd's pouch. Where did I tell you the brook was? At the base of the valley. Which means, he said, go get closer to Goliath. Grab the stones. Put them in your pouch. Watch this. His sling was in his hand. And he approached the Philistine. What did he do first? He got spiritual. What did God give him? Natural instructions. These natural instructions seem crazy. They don't make sense, but they make faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God says, listen, if you really love me, do something that don't make sense to you because I said so. Forgive somebody you can't stand because I said so. Bless somebody that cursed you because I said so. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He approached the Philistine. Next verse. And the Philistine moved forward and came near David. 
who made the first move? He did. Because when you understand you're in war, you don't wait for it to come to you. You walk up on that day. I need to stir the gladiator in some of y'all. I need you to walk up on that thing. I need you to stop avoiding that conversation with your spouse. I need you to stop avoiding that conversation with your kids. I need you to stop avoiding that. Y'all not talking to me. I need you to stop avoiding it. Touch your neighbor and say, walk up on it. So when he moved, the Philistine moved forward and got near to David. Stop. With his shield bearer in front of him. Who's scared? When David began to divine, to get spiritual, God started, listen to me, please. God started messing with Goliath's head. I'm going to show you. He starts messing with Goliath's head. So much so, for 40 days, you've been taunting God's people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then God says, David, if you'll get spiritual. See, why couldn't Saul do it? He wanted to be natural. He wanted to be natural instead of being spiritual. Touch your neighbor and say, fight spiritually first. He wanted to be natural instead of spiritual. So God said, get out of my way because you're going to ruin the whole thing for everybody. And I need somebody that doesn't, watch this, they don't have the experience, they don't have the qualification, but what they know how to do is get spiritual. They, y'all not talking to me. They don't have your background, they don't have the education, they don't have the pedigree, but they know how to get spiritual. I just wonder if there are some people that have learned how to fight in the spirit in this place. To... Not, not yet. I'm going to get you there. Though. I'm going to get you there. His shield bears in front of him, go. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. For he was a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. Next. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his dogs, the gods. What sticks? What sticks are you referring to? The only stick David had was his staff. I just taught you his staff meant that he began to divine, which means he got what? Spiritual. So he started prophesying through his situation. He started praying about his situation. He started worshiping in his situation. He started repenting in his situation. He got his focus about his situation. He got a heart of a servant in his situation. What are those? I gave you those weapons throughout this series. So he says, that's all you got? is a stick and he's like what you don't know about me Goliath is that the spirituality you tease me for the shouting you tease me for the clapping that you make fun of me for the hollering that you make fun of us for the jumping and the running that you're making fun of me for that's gonna be the way I take you to I'm going to tell somebody, don't you get quiet because nobody on your row is praising. You get louder because it. And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Go to the next part. And the Philistine came to David and said, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Go. Come on. Then, then go back to the prior verse, please. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear. What's that? Natural. He says, he says, I come to you, look, listen how crazy this sounds, in the name of the Lord. But just think about it. You got a big old dude, suited and booted, 
ready to kill you. And here you go quoting scripture. You got a court case coming against you. And here you go quoting scripture. You got family drama where they all trying to hang you out to dry. And here you come talking about we going to be curse breakers. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Watch what he does of hosts. Lord of hosts means the God that fights for us. The God of the armies of Israel. It is, in fact, this term Jehovah Sabaoth, which means he's the God of angel armies. He's the God that fights. He's the God that's got an army. He's not by himself. He's got legions of angels. That Watch this. With one word, he can send them to your house. With one word, he can send them to your hospital room. With one word, he can send them to your mama Nim's house. With one word, he can send them to that judge's quarters right now. I don't know why I keep hearing court, but something's about to turn around for some money tonight. I wish you'd release a praise for somebody in here that needs something to turn around for them tonight. If that's you and you got a court case you need turned, I need you to do it in the spirit first. Please turn around one time. Now watch this. Somebody might make fun of you and say, you in there spinning, but he about to turn it. They may make fun of you, you in there clapping, but he about to turn it. says I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom you defy David's talking on behalf of an army he's not in charge of and you need to realize when you show up somebody say God showed up next verse please this day watch me the Lord will deliver you into my hand where did he get that from when he divined when he fought spiritually first. Why does he have the strength to talk this way to something so big? Because he had a spiritual strength. The same way you about to have strength to speak to sickness. And so you better back up off of my bloodline. You... He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you down. And I'm going to cut your head off. And I'm going to give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines, the birds of the air, and the wild beasts of the earth, so the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. Look at me. Look at me. Say, he declared it before he saw it. Say, the weapon of the tongue in the ear. What did he hear, though? Where did he hear that when he got spiritual? You missed it. Go back to that verse and leave it up until I say, take it down. He says, and the Lord, say this day. day. Some of your neighbor's issues is that they have a, well, Lord, when you do it mentality. And God says, says, you ain't in a rush, neither am I. This, this, what I'm about to say is not for everybody. It's for the, it's for the few of us that have said, I ain't waiting no more. I've been patient. I've been kind, I've been faithful, not perfect, but I'm not waiting anymore. If there's some this day people, I need you to put a this day praise in the atmosphere on the count of three. One, two, three, go! Shout this day! You see this? When he got his staff, he got spiritual. 
When he got spiritual, he heard something. And when he heard something, watch this, he then said something. When he heard something, he said something. When he heard something, he said something. When he heard something, he said something. When he heard the word, he said the word. What weapons did he use? His tongue and his ear. You got it? He says, he says, you're going to know there's a God in Israel. Next verse, please. It says, and all this assembly is going to know the Lord saves, not naturally. Sword and spear. But the, but, but the battle is whose? The Lord. Somebody say it's spiritual. And he will give you into our hand. Wait. First, David says, my hand. Then David transitions and says, it's our hand. Why did he change it? Because this win was more than for David. This win was for the whole team. The reason you got to have a winning season, because this, this is bigger than just you. This is for your whole family. This is for your whole bloodline. Come on here. This is for the whole church. This is for your... Somebody say, it's for everybody. Don't miss the simplicity of the message because of how simple it is. This ain't where I want to go, but this is where the Lord wants to go. David got spiritual first. Then he knew how to fight naturally. And his natural instructions didn't make sense, but they made faith. So he uses the tongue and the ear as a weapon. When he got spiritual, he heard something. This is why we come to church, so you can hear something. Okay, this is why the Bible says, let me give you Bible, let me go verse, let me go uh, flow with me. Luke 8, 18. Luke 8, 18, we're going to go over there real quick. Luke 8, 18 says, take heed to how you hear. Take care to how you hear. Because the issue is, watch this, your ear, if you're not careful, will mess you up. Why? Because, watch this, we hear through our heart. And if your heart isn't healthy, what you hear won't be right. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You remember on Sunday, I gave you some of the unhealthy heart types. Y'all remember that? One was the unsubmitted heart. It's stubborn. Watch this. When you're stubborn, watch this. You'll hear a word like this and sit on me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Not realizing you ain't hurting me. I'm good. You hurting yourself. Why? Because you are so stubborn that you'd rather keep your warfare than prevail over it. But I wish you'd look at everybody on your row and say, but we all winning this week. Then the unfaithful heart, it's uncommitted, it, it's been abandoned, so it abandons when commitment creates discomfort. So if you have an unfaithful heart, watch this, when you hear something, you will think, watch this, I ain't going to try that because God might leave me out there. He might abandon me. He might reject me. But touch your neighbor and say, he's not done it yet. He's done it. So, so he's not going to do it. The third was the unprincipled heart. This heart is untruthful. It conceals. It's deceitful. It uses and lies to. Its word can't be trusted, and its actions never match its words. Remember, these are unhealthy heart types that we can have. Why? Because of what we've been through. Why did David have this great success at the age of 16 right there with Goliath? Because, Goli watch this, at that time, David's heart was pure. Amen. What happened 14-plus years later after he took the throne? His heart got dirty. Watch this. What made his heart dirty? Watch this. Promotion. Mm. What made his heart dirty? I didn't threw my bracelet off. That's my bracelet now. I'm going to need that back. Thank you, baby. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Hold on. Let's put it right there. <laughs> Thank you. Watch. What made it dirty? Promotion made it dirty. 
Because watch this. David started thinking he was the stuff. Watch this. Because when he got promoted, watch this. It started to, watch this. It started to compensate for all of the lack of affirmation he had from his father. So now the lights, the camera, the attention, mm -hmm, the microphone made him think he was something special because his daddy never told him that he was. And so now that other people are saying that it is, watch this. His heart gets dirty. What makes David's heart dirty? All of the women. Y'all not saying that to me. David had the pick of all the women that he wanted because he was the king. And women like men with power, position, and prestige. Y'all not talking to me. And since David had that all all of a sudden he was attracting that and so now David started to read his own press and say I'm the man what made his heart dirty what made his heart dirty watch this was that watch this he got to a place to where he couldn't be checked so when the prophet comes to check him he thinks he's gonna check the prophet when the man of God says uh-uh he's like who are you I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do this is what I feel. This is what I think. And a man of God says, look in here, little boy. You wouldn't even be in here if we didn't put you here. And now you forgot how you got on. Y'all not saying nothing to me. What's this? What's this? Y'all ready? The untruthful heart. It creates false truths to avoid rejection. And when rejection is perceived, it rebels. The next heart, the unsoftened heart. It's hardened and callous because it's been hurt. And it can't heal nor forgive because pride won't let it see properly because it's bitter. Then the unfocused heart, it's double-souled. It means it's split in half. It vacillates. You don't know which one of them you're getting. David had this win because when David heard something, his heart was pure. So he didn't filter it through anything. So watch me. He had the ability to go do something that made no natural sense. Get some rocks. And here's what I learned about these rocks from my research. They were the size of pebbles. Go get you some fruity pebbles. <laughs> or co what's it, cocoa pebbles. And throw them at his head. Doesn't make sense. But it makes. Doesn't make. But it makes. So he used the weapon of his ear to determine what he did with his tongue. Can I go further here? Can I go further here? I want to give you this phrase. Here's the line I got to get you. Say, I must guard my ear and train my tongue. Can, can I get you to say that again? I must guard my ear and train my tongue. Why? Romans 10, 17. Flow with me. We're coming back to David. I didn't plan to go to David, but we're going to come back to him. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Look at me. What comes by hearing? Faith. Which means whatever you believe in starts with what you hear. Can I make the case? So 2 Corinthians 5, 17. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Stop. So then we live by what we hear. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Go back to Romans 10, 17. No, let's go. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from what? Hearing. Faith comes from what? Hearing. Touch your neighbor and say, what are you listening to? Let's go deeper. Say, who are you listening to? Oh, I'm going to tell you why you had some L's. But tell you why you had some L's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Faith comes from what? Hearing. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 
For we walk by or live by what? Faith. Well, where did we just learn we get faith from? Hearing. So then how do we actually live our life? By what we hear. Because it determines what we do and what we say. So if something's wrong with my walk, it's, watch this, it came from my talk, which came from my ear. Y'all ain't with me tonight. So we live by what we hear because that determines what we think and what we do, and we hear through our heart. So David wins this battle as a young man because his heart's pure. I want to talk to some folks where your heart has been crushed, hurt. Can I get real? Treat it like a play toy. Look here, I know it. Luke 8, 18. Take care to how you hear. Think about this. Jesus says, pay attention to how you're listening. And not just how you're listening, but who you are listening to. I want to ask you a question. Why did you ask someone with no wins how to get them? I want to ask you another question. Why did you consult somebody cursed about how to be blessed? I want to ask you another question. Why did you trust your heart? Ooh, you didn't like that one. Come on, Wednesday, you came to get fed. Take me to Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, please. Let me just make the case. We out of here. Give me five minutes. Touch your neighbor. Say, I got five on. That's the church version. It's a high key. Jeremiah 17, 9. Let me show you. It says the heart, somebody say the heart. heart. It says the heart is deceitful above what? But if I hear through my heart, what if it distorts what I heard? This is why often, watch this, once you finish talking to somebody and you guys say, what did so-and-so say? They report something different than what you said. They didn't hear you. They filtered everything you said through a lack of submission, through a lack of faithfulness, through, y'all not talking to me, through a lack of focus, through hurt, through rejection, through pain. And so even though you told them exactly what they wanted to hear, they turned it into something else because they couldn't hear that in the first place. Say, I hear with my heart. And remember, heart in the Bible is your mind. Leb in the Old Testament, Cardi in the New Testament. So we're filtering everything we hear. You filter the news through your heart. You filter church through your heart. You filter the word through your heart. Got it? This is why God assigned you to me, because he knew you needed somebody strong to get through that stuff. You couldn't take no cookies and cornflakes. Talking about, come on, everyone, let's just kumbaya. He knew you needed somebody that knew how to work. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Would you say, Lord, heal my heart? The heart is deceitful. It's a lie. Above what? All things. Which means your heart will exalt itself above truth. Your heart, your heart will get a hug and then walk away and say, I'm never going to talk to them again. Because you filtered the hug through the last time somebody hugged me, they left me. Y'all ain't talking. 
And look at it. It's desperately what? Sick. What does that mean? It's unhealthy. It is desperately unfaithful. It's desperately unsubmitted. It's desperately. Uh, how do I know I'm unsubmitted? If you got a problem submitting to natural leadership, I can tell you, you do not submit to God. It's unprincipled. It's untruthful. It's unsoftened. It's unfocused. It's desperately sick, Jeremiah says. Who can understand it? Song says, who can I run to? That's what song says. That ain't Bible, that's a song. Come on, Candy. We'll be down there. Watch me. Next verse. I, the Lord. God says, this is why you need church. This is why you need the word. The Lord says, I search the heart and test the mind. Bishop, I thought you said the heart and the mind were the same thing. Remember on Sunday I taught you that these are two different words here. Heart there is heart, your mind. Mind here means the things you've hidden from you. The stuff you say you're over that if I was to bring it up, you'd break down right now and cry. The people you said that you've forgiven that if we were to put their face on the screen, you would get up and have to go to the bathroom until the rest of the experience is over. The people that watch this, if you see them out of function, you conveniently walk and go greet everybody else. Y'all not talking to me. You over here greeting, hey, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Y'all ain't saying nothing. God says, I search the stuff you suppress. I bring up the stuff that you thought you had dealt with years ago. There's an episode of The Simpsons. And I'm getting ready to close. There's an episode of The Simpsons. And Ned Flanders... Now, for those of you who want to be watching Simpsons, I haven't watched Simpsons in a long time. Does it even come on, Sims? Cool. Oh, well, you, you evidently know. I'm going to need you to get in your word and stop looking at the Simpsons. I'm just joking. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm just giving a hard time. Watch. Watch. Here we go. Here we go, church. Here we go. You ready? Ned Flanders, when he was a kid, um, if I remember the story correctly, he, like, was, like, Abandoned and had a whole bunch of stuff going in his family and all that. And, um, and so he was this real cruel, angry kid, and then something snapped when he was a kid. And then when he's an adult, Ned is the polar opposite because Ned learned how to hide his hurt. <laughs> Come here. When you learn how to hide your hurt, it takes a tremendous amount of pressure to get it up out of there. So sometimes, watch this, some of what y'all are facing ain't warfare, it's God. God says, uh-uh, you are not going into the fourth quarter with that. Uh-uh. You are not going into October with that. So he says, I'm going to put pressure on you. And listen, and listen, you can fight me all you want, but resistance, come on, Star Trek, is futile because... So Ned, as an adult, something happens. And then Ned snaps, crackles, and he's all of the three Rice Krispie boys. Are they brothers? Are they brothers? I think they're brothers. They're brothers. Because Ned had learned how to hide his hurt. And he didn't realize when he was going around life saying, Hadley, deedly, oatly, and all this, that the he he thought he was was a he he created to cope. Who he thought he was, was a character he created 
to be able to cope with hurt and pain. So now you can't hurt me because you ain't dealing with the real me. No how. So you can deal with the character I created because you ain't going to be able to hurt me because I've learned how to create somebody else to represent me. So watch this. You never get close to people. People don't even know the real you because all they met is your character and your representative because you've decided ain't nobody going to hurt me because I've learned how to hide my hurt. And can I tell you what God does? God says, I love you too much to let you fake it for the rest of your life. So what does verse 10 say of Jeremiah 17? Come on, I got to get to David and I got to close him. Jeremiah 17, 10 says, so I test. The word test in Hebrew means I put pressure on you. Come here. I put pressure on you. Say pressure. All right, here's pressure. So that's your spot. Come here. Come here. Push him. But watch this. Push him for a sustained amount of time until he moves. Look at me, look at me. This is what some of y'all are doing. You're like, ain't nobody going to push me around. And God says, it's me. And I will push you until you move. I will push you until you change. I will push you until you see what's in your heart. I will push you until you get that junk up out of you. I will push you until you forgive your daddy. I will push you until you forgive your mama. I will push you. And I'm going to tell somebody, stop fighting. Would you throw your hands up in the air and say, Lord, I'm not fighting anymore. Say, not against you. So, here it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put pressure on you. God's like, I'm going to put pressure on your money. I'm going to put pressure on your family. I'm going to put pressure on your emotions. You can't figure out why you've been so emotional. God says, I'm going to put pressure on you until you see what's in your heart. Can we just take 10 seconds, watch me, and worship God. Watch this. Let me tell you why first. That the pressure wasn't because he was angry. The pressure is because he loved you too much to let your heart stay dirty. Go. I wish I had worshipers in this place tonight. I wish I had worshipers on these digital campuses tonight. Father, the pressure ain't because you're angry. The pressure is because you love us. The pressure is because you want us to see what's in us. Say yes, Lord. So let's close it. Let's close it. Let's close it. Can I close it? So I said no. <laughs> I got to close it. Just so you know, um, touch your neighbor and say, this is a special made by the Lord for us. This ain't where we're supposed to go. Go back to 1 Samuel 17. Say the tongue and the ear. God says, I put pressure so you can filter, so you can see what's in your heart. Because watch this, because you hear with your heart. And if your heart's not right, you're not going to hear me right. 
This is why some people come in church, hear the message, and walk out and do the total opposite of what the message said. I've had people come to me, Bishop, you always say, I said, I don't ever say that. I said, I have never, ever uttered those words out of my mouth ever in the historicity of speaking. <laughs> it's a word. Google it. You ready? Go back to the Proverbs. Or no, excuse me. No, you're good. You're good. So, so say the tongue and the ear. Say what I hear. I say. Say I guard my ear. Train my tongue. Imagine had David said, at some point, I'm going to take you down. Then Goliath wins that day because he has an untrained tongue. Can I tell you a secret about your neighbor? They're spiritual. They are. And they're better than they've ever been. They are. But the one area that we all are about to come up in is guarding our ear, training our tongue. Before we go to David, can I show you something about your tongue? Let me, just just give, me, give, me, give me two minutes. You'll be all right. Some of y'all pray big prayers and then get mad at two-hour church. So you want God to watch this, to do all of this stuff you even prayed for, and you mad if it's longer than an hour and 15 minutes. Then stop praying big stuff. Please keep your prayers and cookies and cornflakes. Okay? All right, here we go. James chapter 3, verse 5. It just is what it is. Huh? The tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force you will set a fire with your tongue. Watch, watch verse, uh, 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 next verse. Go to the next verse. And the tongue is a fire. Say fire. fire. A world of unrighteousness. You'll say stuff contrary to God, contrary to you. It's set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the course of life. And it, in fact, is set on fire by hell. What does that mean? What you've been through is in your mouth. You're always rehearsing your trauma. I've been through this. I've been through this. I've been through this. I went through this. I went through this. I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. I'm that. I'm that. I'm that. Say, Lord, help me train my tongue. Next verse. It says, for every kind of beast, of bird, of reptile, and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Watch this. Go. But no human being can tame the tongue. Which means, what does it take to actually do this? God. It's a restless evil. Watch me. Full of deadly poison. Never trust a, listen. All right, I got to finish. I got to finish. Next verse. Say, full of deadly poison. Watch. He says, you bless the Lord with it. And then you curse folk out with it. You hebe show. And then you... Next verse. From the same mouth come blessing and cussing. My brothers, this ought not be so. Touch your neighbor and say, it ought not be like this. Next verse. It says, does a spring come forth from the same opening? Verse, fresh and salt water. Keep going. 
Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grape produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Next verse. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Look at me. He says, your tongue creates a lot of your challenges. You talk that up. You spoke that up. Let me give you some ideas. This morning when I was in shower, the Lord gave me a whole lot. And, uh, and I'm just going to hit it and you're going to move. Um, um, some of the things we say, I'm so sick. Look, listen to me. You talked up your own sickness. I'm sick and tired. You talked up your, watch this, being weary. And you talked up having health challenges. I can't stand. That's why you can't. That's why you can't. So you think it's trivial, but the scripture says you're going to give an account for every idle word that you speak. Touch your neighbor and say, uh, guard your ear, train your tongue. Notice I didn't say tame it, I said train it. Which is every time you hear yourself getting ready to say something crazy, say, oops, stop. No, I didn't mean to say that. I needed to say that. Every time you hear yourself saying something crazy, you say, stop. No, I cancel that. I take that up out of the atmosphere. Why? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. I wish you say, Lord, guard my ear and train my tongue. So let's go back to David. Let me get out of here. Let's go back to David. First Samuel 17. Come on, let's go back to David. Come on, real fast. All right, all right, good. We read all that. Go on. All right, uh-huh, all right, all right, all right, keep going, keep going, keep going. All right, here we go, stop. Let's go right here. He says, uh, uh, and I'm going to give the dead bodies to the host of the Philistines. Look at me. Where did he get all this stuff from? Had he ever seen that done? No. So where did he learn that was going to happen? In the spirit. Are you catching the principle, guys? So we listen to these weapons of repentance, servant, serving, uh, uh, focus. You got it? A healthy heart. These are weapons that will help you hear so you know how to talk. Because if you talk wrong, you're going to lose the war. Because while he's talking to Goliath, God already started messing with his head. Now David's sitting here saying stuff, messing with his head. That's where you win. The pen is mightier than the sword. You beat your enemy before they ever got on the field. Let's go. Go to the next verse. It says, and all the assembly is going to know, and the Lord is going to give you into our hands. Say, this win is for the team. Next verse. When the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David. When the Philistine arose and came and drew to meet David. Stop. Arose? Can I go deep? And, and can you please free me to teach you like I like to teach? Go to prior verse. Proverbs. This day the Lord will lift you my hand, I'll strike you down, cut you off, give you dead bodies, Philistine, all that, everything. Okay, Proverbs. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me. Proverbs. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give you flesh. Okay, so no, go to the subsequent verse after that. I need you to see this. Say he had already walked to him. Go to the next verse. Touch your neighbor and say, This is about to blow your mind. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. When the Philistine arose. Look at me. Say, when he got up. Here's what the text doesn't tell you. Ready for this? When David got spiritual. Say, when he got spiritual. 
The Lord shows David a winning strategy. Everything David just said, he was not saying to Goliath in front of him. Everything David just said, he's saying to Goliath in the spirit. Goliath was sleeping. Okay, I can't. Y'all learn. I can't. Goliath was sleeping. And while Goliath was sleeping, David is fighting in the spirit. And since the sun is down, there's some stuff we're going to handle tonight while some of your enemies and some of your obstacles are sleeping. Stop. Let me make the case. When the Philistine arose, but I thought his shield bearer was in front. I thought all of that was in the spirit. David took the battle to another realm. So this whole conversation David's having is with a Goliath that ain't right in front of him. He's using his tongue and his ear and his enemy ain't even nowhere near. <laughs> wait, wait. Say he woke up. Remember I told you that the brook was all the way down? That would have been a good time to try to kill David. Unless in you sleep. And God came in the middle of the night. Stick with me. Because I'm blowing some of y'all's mind like, what? Because the neighbor said, it's right here. When the Philistine woke up. in the night seasons and came and drew near to meet David. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Next verse. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. Look at me. Why doesn't he have his helmet on? Because God woke him up so fast. If you read, if you go back, I promise you it's in there. I do not have time. If you go back and touch your neighbor, say, go back and read it tonight. It says what he had on. Why? Why in the world doesn't he have his helmet on now? Because once David finished fighting in the spirit, this is too deep for some, I realize. <laughs> Stick with me. Stick with me. Say, fight in the spirit. David. Fights in the spirit. Goliath is startled. He, he rises. Because while he's sleeping, God was in the heart of the king. God says, if you'd stop talking to them and at them and started praying about it and them, I'll do for you in the sleep what you can't do while they woke. And David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, boop, and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank onto his forehead. Look at me. Here's what most of you thought happened. All right, come here. And just come here. Y'all just stay over here. Thank you, sons. Praise the Lord for you. 
So you're going to be Dave, and you're going to be Goliath because you're tall. All right? All right? Now, now, now throw something at him for pretend. All right? Y'all come over here into the light. Seven to the light, Caroline. All right? All right? So throw it at him. No, because you're over here. Throw it at him. Boom. It hits you at his head, though. But don't hit him in the head, but just, just do it like a dramatization. Like, like a dramatization. Come on. Boom. Why? How should he fall? Backward. Touch the neighbor say, read the Bible. Where did he fall? He fell forward. Why? God says, you're going to give me the glory. <laughs> God says, you're going to give me worship. God says, watch this. I'm going to make your enemy give me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm going to make your enemy bow down and give me glory. Somebody say, get it, God. Thank you. I wish I had some gladiators. I ain't got none, all right? He fell on his face to the ground. Next verse. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. Say tongue and ear. And struck the Philistine and killed him. What wasn't in David's hand? A natural weapon. Somebody say, not by might, nor by power. Say, but by the Spirit. Next part of the verse. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of the sea. That's all right. I ain't got it. That's cool. It's on the, it's on the graphic. Because Goliath was still breathing. God says, I want the last thing Goliath remembers. Is falling to his face and giving me glory. I want the last thing that the things that have opposed you to see is they gonna have to give me the glory. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. He takes his sword, draws it out of his sheath. He takes Goliath's sword and he takes his sword kills Goliath then cuts his head off two things happen here's what most of you think about the story is he just chopped his head off doesn't say more than that happened he kills him how does he kill him it doesn't say he could have got him in the back have got him on the side. We don't know. What we do know is he kills him first. Then he cuts his head off. Why does he need to cut the head off? One, that's what he heard. So he follows the instruction. Look at me. Let me tell you where some of you have been losing. You don't follow it. To you, this is good enough. I did enough. This is fine. God says, I gave specific instructions. Follow them all the way. Here it is, I'm done. 
He cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, what did they do? When they took him down, before October gets here. Oh, by the way, Sunday is Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> now, you're like, what in the world is that? If you ain't been here for a while, that's the Hebrew feast. That's the new year, the new spiritual year, going into 5780. Zero doesn't, well, I see, zero means, I say, all things new. It's not a new beginning. That's eight. Zero is all things will be new. Listen to the difference. Listen to the difference. I hope you sit next to somebody with some faith on your own. Say all things will be made new. So, Bishop, why have you been preaching about creating me a clean heart? Create new Say new. First says, they cut his head off. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they, before October gets here, I prophesy. If you, if this, if you want to receive this, hands up, and I'm going to let you out. If you got, if you know you got a Goliath, what's that, a big obstacle? that has still been in your life before October gets here say it's coming down how the weapon of the tongue and the ear well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.